Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Uh, Jared Brandon with the Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. So glad that you are straddling. Uh, well, that sounds weird. You're with us. I'll just say that. Uh, That's I don't know. I I meant to it, that went. I think back. you meant to say riding the slider. Yeah, yeah sure. Anyways, they might be on a horse. You don't know. Yes. Uh, anyways, look, I'm I'm gonna bypass all the nonsense. I've got somebody on the phone here who is uh, renowned in the pedal world and uh, was one of the first people that I reached out to to say. I, I would really like you to be on the show. And we finally got him in. Uh, so who are you, person? I am Philippe Herndon from Caroline Guitar Company. Hey. Hooray. Now. Cheers. Yeah, new cheers. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's kind of funny because I don't know how many episodes, almost every single time somebody says the four on the floor, either the uh, Meteor or the Kilobyte comes up. Yep. Oh man, thank you. When you that is mentioned, we always say, and someday we're gonna have them <laughs> we're gonna have them on. And here you are. So thank it's you. Almost, it's almost like uh, you know how Jimmy Kimmel kept saying, Sorry, we didn't have enough time for Matt Damon today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, between you and John Schneider, I think you are our running uh, builder jokes. So <laughs> yes. Drink. 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 Uh, anyhow, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are just going to have a great time tonight. Um, we're going to talk about some awesome pedal stuff. We're going to toss, talk about some super fun guitar stuff, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, or even if you are familiar and just want some eye candy while you're listening, where can people go to see what you do, Philippe? Uh, you can follow us on uh Instagram, it's Caroline Gico, or you can use, um, there's the Twitter or Facebook or our website, carolineguitarcompany.com or carolineguitar.com. Perfect. Perfect. Now, how confused do people get? You know, they do. And it's really funny because, um, I did, I start, I started the company as a guitar company because we had a provisional patent on a guitar design. Uh huh. And uh, I just couldn't get it made. And so uh, I, I started building pedals just so I would – I started building a pedal just so kinda, I could have something I, I could say I was doing because the guitar thing was just not happening mm-hmm. despite my best efforts. So it was really um, just so I could say I wasn't just, oh, we still still don't have a guitar to show for it. You know, so I did the pedal originally just to have some, um, what we call thunkware, you know, just something that you could show as physical proof of your work. Right. You know, you know, just as as something. And, uh, now the guitar part is almost like our Matt Damon joke. (laughs) Yeah. Next. Sorry. Couldn't get to the guitar this year. You are, Um, you are the microwave of the pedal industry. Uh, you, you, tried to build a, a, a national defense weapon and end up making something that warms up pizza. Yeah. You know, or, or like, yeah, or like, or like how Nokia originally was a, um, was a, a paper mill company or something like that. But then years later, <laughs> they're making phones. 
Yeah, there's some crazy stuff about it. It's oh like, yeah, the yeah. you know the history of invention is so interesting when you think about those things like like whiteout and and uh, and Velcro and <laughs> Post-it notes and all these crazy things that are total accidents. So mm. neat. Anyhow, that's a different show altogether. Um, so we're going to get into a little bit of announcements real quick. We want to thank Road. Road for providing our Roadcaster Pro, this amazing mm. machine that uh, yummy that sitting I right can't next reach to me. The buttons right now, Todd. keeping me company by myself. I over wish here. I wish I could push the buttons. I know. I know. This is the good part about you guys not being here. Um, <laughs> and uh, also for the Procaster mics, which have serviced us so well. Thank you so much, Road, for doing that. I also wanted to call out, uh, you know, we get a lot of mail, or I guess you could call it mail, um, but it is essentially, you know, people just writing in and sharing what they're doing. And we've got a very active Patreon, and we got uh, something that I wanted to share. It says, um, hey, I just signed on as an executive producer. It's long overdue as I've exhausted almost all episodes available. I listen to you guys for hours in my shop while working on my side hustle, Grizzly Bay, and he makes um, uh, he makes uh, shaving bristle brushes handles. Very oh, cool. like they're really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, I didn't know that was a thing, but it's a thing, and he's very good at it. Uh, anyways, so he says over the last year or so, I've been looking at guitar. I've been looking at the guitar fascination I acquired as a kid a lot more seriously, and came across the guitar knobs at, at just the right moment. Hearing so much encouragement from you guys and the many exceptional guests you interview was just what I needed to get me over the tipping point. I really must make guitar things. While I've got bigger projects in the work, I've built a few pedal kits at your recommendation and freaking loved it. Rock on, gentlemen. So glad to be aboard. John Williams of Grizzly Bay. He signed on as executive oh, producer. That's cool. So that's fantastic. Thank you. We love those kind of messages. So thank you so much for sending that. And thank you for supporting the show on Patreon. It means yep. uh, so much to us. So uh, that's the feel goody thing. I yeah. love getting those. I really do. Um, and let's find out what we had uh, going on in our music world this week, everybody. We're going to start off with Tony and then we're going to check in with Philippe. Okay, well, let's start with me. Um, so, so this past week or so uh, has been, uh, I'll call it the trials and tribulations of dealing with DHgate. Um, I know, Todd, you've had some issues. I've oh, had man. some issues. Everybody's had some issues. And it seems like, you know, maybe a, a couple of years ago, DHgate was uh, maybe a bit more straightforward. But I, I believe that there... Uh, their seller base has, uh, I, I guess, some some tricksters, maybe not so nice people, have decided to to get on there, and they figured out ways. This is, and I, I don't. It's I like don't, hiring Somali pirates to get a tour of the bay. <laughs> yeah, you might get a tour, <laughs> or <laughs> or, uh, but you know, so so it seems like the latest scam going on DHgate right now is they will list, uh, in some cases, some ridiculously low priced items, and um, 
it ties up. I mean, and these aren't huge sums of money, so it's not that big a deal. So it's kind of like roll of the dice. But, you know, it seems like they have figured out a way that I don't know if they get a portion of the sale or whatever in advance. But um, the things either never get delivered or they get delivered to a different address. A Uh, random address. A a random address. Totally random. Um, Now, the good news is... Um, every, any time that I've had an issue, uh, you can contact, uh, their customer service and, uh, you know, so far 10 times out of 10, um, they have, uh, within a few days, uh, refunded any payments that you made, but it's tied up for however long they, you know, they, they think it's going to take to get to you. You have to wait until the date that, uh, that that the seller says it will it believes that it will be delivered, um, and again, it's not a big deal because these aren't huge sums of money, but it is frustrating, especially if you're looking forward to getting something. So um, I guess the lesson that I can that I've learned and can maybe share with with our listeners is if you do decide to go to uh, make a purchase on DHgate. Um, be prepared. <laughs> Maybe have a, a 50-50 chance of getting it, but make sure you keep all of the information, uh, put it on a credit card that you can uh, dispute uh, if uh, DHgate can't help you. So yeah. there we, you have it. We had the same exact experience. And just, can I share that experience real quick? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it Well, I mean, I'm not going to, it It would literally mirror what you said. Unfortunately, the thing that I was getting, um, I was one of the suckers, apparently, because <laughs> I saw this thing and I was like, There's, I can't believe it. It's this cheap. And I got them. I can't believe it. And they were, uh, what were they? Their country, <laughs> it was like a Gretsch country gentleman. <laughs> well, ish. That's a stretch. Thing. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it looked exactly like it, you know. And mm. obviously it's They do that Martin. They do Martins too, man. They yeah, do they do of all stuff. kinds of guitar. Anyways, yeah. the point was it was so cheap. I think it was like 35 bucks. <laughs> right? And I was like but and I was just I was so excited because uh it was our 4th anniversary and I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to get one for for Jared and Tony and me, and we're all going to have matching guitars, and this will be neat. <laughs> and uh, and they were delivered to some guy in Vero Beach. So screw you, guy in Vero Beach, who shystered me off of this. So, Three of them. Yeah. And then they said, well, sorry, we don't know what happened with them. So mm, Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst so part that, is yeah. that we didn't get, you know, a crap guitar delivered that we all get to have. <laughs> yeah. So and, and and true, I mean, these things, you know, the, the items that they sell are definitely not up to par with, you know, uh the items that they sometimes represent. Yeah, but the sentiment um, was I, I mine was But yeah, so. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're looking at spending thirty or forty bucks on a guitar, <laughs> go for it. I would have spent more on you, but that's how much it was. Well, so, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyways, you spent <laughs> upwards yeah. of forty-five though. I, I might have. <laughs> you would have bought me dinner. Uh, yeah. Philippe, yeah. how about you? What's going on in your music world? One little gadget I picked up, or one little thing, one little piece of gear that I kind of was impressed by was I picked up a uh, a Gator Transit gig bag. Mm. I was all of a sudden short one case, and I needed something to put my Telecaster in. And, uh, or my 
previous telecaster, uh, my my existing telecaster, the the Nash in, and um, through a connect, I got one of the Gator Transit cases, and it's great. It's like it arrives, and it's like, oh, look at this comfy thing that my guitar is going to be sleeping in. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like great weight, and it feels solid, and it's like kind of wraps has like extra stuff around the instrument and kind of stabilizes the neck more than like a normal gig bag would. I guess it's kind of similar to some of the mono stuff mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. way. And I was like, I mean, you know, less than a hundred bucks. And it's like, wow, this is so much because I just remember it was always like you either had hard cases or you had the worst nylon bag that was basically like a duffel bag that's been cut into a shape of a guitar yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah loosely you know? loosely <laughs> yeah it's like dangling you, you might as well have it in a trash bag right yeah. <laughs> and this thing is like it's it's like cozy you know and i'm like this is really this is really nice so i was impressed by that um and the other adventure i've been having this is i think this is maybe explaining some of my funniness so i have kind of an older macbook and Mm -hmm. i i purchased a i was gifted an apogee one years ago to start doing some recording and unfortunately we're having this hilarious thing where it's like the apogee is like was on a previous laptop for one version and it's not recognized by this version of my mac and i can't upgrade it but for some reason this is the weirdest thing like the sound app of the mac will recognize the apogee but the apogee mac app itself won't work and it's just like okay i've just got to do this as manual as possible from the old school thing you know it's just one of these hilarious things where like oh you just need to upgrade your firm grade i'm like i can't upgrade my i can't upgrade my firmware because it doesn't recognize. I like it. up wearing your firm grade. That's kind of yeah, fun. Whatever. Up wearing your firm grade. Up wear it. It's like an AC. It's like an that's AC. what you're that's what you're doing wrong. It's, it's, it's almost like an ACDC lyric. You yeah. know? Yeah. Not up far wear off. your firm grade. You know? That works. That's yeah, like Yeah. So that's the the funny thing, is just trying to uh do a little bit of home recording and stuff during all this and laughing because I'm like, you know, on another machine I'd have logic and just be not even thinking about this. But on this MacBook, there's this hilarious chicken and egg conundrum as to how I can get these things to communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky business there. Yep. Jared, how about yourself? Uh, Well, uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, new gear story. So um, uh, we got the band together and everything, and I think the way we finally found someone to drum with us that wanted to come back and drum with us is if we had drums there. Yep. <laughs> so they didn't have to, you know, do the unload load <laughs> drum thing. Every, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was my like, is because uh, I I would ask people from the past that I've known for. 20 some years and say, Hey man, let's, you want to come drum with it? Do you have drums there? No, no, I can't, man. I'm really busy. Yeah. You know? And then finally somebody asked, well, we got a drum set. And finally someone asked, Hey, do you have drums there? I'm like, yeah. Okay. I'll be over. Nice. (laughs) So that worked. So we, we got a set of, um, green drums. I don't even remember the brand. I think they're called crush. 
I'm not really familiar with that brand, but sounds they're good. Ha- they're halfway decent. <laughs> Did you get them on DH gate? <laughs> yeah. Hey Jared, lean in a little bit, will you, pal? I may as well have. No, actually, they they look nice. They're good. They're ash. You is know, it is it the Gretsch decent. symbol, but it says Crush from DH gate? <laughs> Might <Right>. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this during that transaction, uh, my buddy, he's like, "Hey, man, I got this." I got this guild I got in today I bought from a customer. And um, so I showed Tony this guild and asked Tony his advice of what I should offer, uh, you know, my buddy for. And it's uh, an X50, and uh, it's got one P90 style pickup. It's not an actual P90, but it it works and looks like a P90. Um and then it's it only has one on the neck, and it's got an F hole, and uh, everything's there. It's super clean. It's well. What's yeah. what's really cool about that? So the the pickup that you're talking about is a it they it's known in Guild World as a Franz uh, pickup, and essentially it is. It's a it's a P90. But the mm-hmm. coolest thing about this guitar is it was uh, still made uh, when Guild was in Manhattan mm-hmm. before they moved to Hoboken, New Jersey. So the, all of the, the, the early Guild factory in, in Manhattan was really made up of um, ex-employees of Epiphone uh, when Epiphone closed after uh, Gibson took them over. Interesting. So, so these, I mean, these were like really top-notch craftsmen uh, that, that made the earliest Guilds. So the, it's a really clean guitar, too. There's not a lot of scratches, not a lot of dense or anything like that whoever had there's no cracks whoever had this guitar um didn't either didn't play it because i mean it it came with the original wound flat wound strings and and uh you know at the bottom of the string where the string furl is how you see all that stuff twisted well that was all covered with red thread so it Mm -hmm. was actually all threaded up and looked fancy and stuff but um the one thing that's wrong with those is the binding shrinks over time. So it has binding on the body. Like on Tony. The, <laughs> on the uh, front yeah, of the body. That's like, exactly right. Like my hairline. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, Todd? Yes. And the back of it also. So all that that binding shrunk, and it all has to be repaired. Replaced, actually. Mm. So, you know, after you get that done. It's going to be a super nice clean guitar. So yeah, that's I mean that's unfortunately the problem. A lot of Gretches suffer from binding rot. Uh, a lot of early guilds have the same issue. Not every guitar. That's a weird thing. You know, it's it's old celluloid, but uh, for some reason some of it rots and some of it doesn't. But but you're right. Once that's fixed up, it's going to be a killer guitar. Yeah, there's going to be overspray, but that's just the nature of it. It's kind of like. It's kind of like uh, the old Martins that don't have any truss rod truss rods. Mm-hmm. You cannot avoid um, you cannot avoid a neck reset on those. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's I that's got to say, story. got to say, Brandon about the drummer thing. I think you've done yourself a big favor. I think so too. Because <laughs> I tell you, man, there's nothing like the nightmare of a drummer you don't know very well. You wait for them to set up all that furniture. <laughs> start yeah. playing. It's like they're building like Ikea in your house. Right. Like a triple space. base. Yeah. yeah. They're like there. They set up. 
And then you start playing, and within f- you can tell within like ten seconds, like oh they boy, this is terrible. Suck. Yep. This suck. <laughs> but then you have that sunk cost feeling where you're like, we waited forty five minutes for this guy. To yep. Up. And you're gonna lose the same amount of time getting him out of there. Yeah. yeah. And, so and we might and as well have nice. a terrible. Yeah. We might as well have a terrible jam, and you know, yep. now if the stuff is set up already, you can have that freaks and geeks moment where. You know, he just shows up right. and starts banging like a maniac, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh, can you try something a little more straight?" Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's awesome owning most of the gear in the whole in the band. You know, it's it's <laughs> I do actually. I own all of it, and it's nice because it, they can never kick me out. If they do, then they're up. <laughs> yeah, they have right. the same you know. problem you have now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. No, they wouldn't anyway. So I love the band. So yeah, that's that was interesting. Cool. Excellent. Uh for my personal week. I How about had, you, Todd? Uh, yeah, Todd. Tell us all I about thought it. I would just roll right into it and you could oh, do it. Yeah. Uh so for for my end of things, uh I ended up spending probably too much time uh, working on a, um, a, a video music video for my band because um, you know, we're, we're not playing everybody who's out there in a band trying to work is, is trying desperately to still stay relevant and, and get people's attention and stuff. And uh, it just so happened that um, when, when I was doing this, I, I'm using this app called splice on the, on the, on the, iPhone. I don't know if it's available outside of the iPhone, but anyways, oh, cool. it's an app called Splice, and I did post it on our Instagram channel. Um, and uh, it is—it's uh, one of these things that it's a—it has a ton of flexibility, and especially if you're if you're like just trying to re, you know record yourself or uh, post songs, or if you're doing a music video or whatever it is, like it. It allows you to do, I mean, I do almost everything that I post long form on our Instagram channel. I do through Splice. Um, and I think it's a free app, I, I think. But uh, super powerful. Ended up with a really cool video that um, I think does a song justice. It's got Vincent Price in it. So, I mean, come on. Um, and that's does he what know I, that he's in it? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he knows. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so anyways, yeah, super, super a lot of fun, uh, kind of in the middle of the guitar stuff because, you know, you want to do the song justice. So anyhow, that's what that's all about. Is um, the name of the song justice? No, it's called Drain Me by the Valentinos. Thanks for the, uh, yeah, the platform there. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Tony. <laughs> he set you up. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> He fed you a little pass across the slot for the one-timer, you know? There you go. Is that a vampire song? Uh, Well, actually, it is is based off of the Lost Boys. So the Lost Boys Uh, was the inspiration. But I I didn't want to put the Lost Boys in there. I'm like, this would be way cooler. So anyhow, that's what that's about. Yeah. Good job. So how about some of this? One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Hey, Todd. Yes, Tony. I am looking for a new patch cable, but I am so very, very concerned about capacitance. Uh, uh-huh. As well, you should be. 
mon frere. Um, it just so happens that our friends at Tour Gear Designs make some mighty fine cables, some mighty fine patch cables, to be specific. All with it, and they're mighty. They're mighty flat. They're actually. mighty flat, actually. That's and mighty small. They should have a uh, bumper sticker that says that we're mighty flat. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but check this out. The capacitance is a hundred and twenty picofarads per meter because it's canadian mm. so do the math on that because i'm not gonna what does that mean exactly uh that means they're really good <laughs> is that fair to say philippe i think that's very good capacitance it sounds like it's about 35 picofarad per square foot perfect per, per foot that's square foot we're not doing <laughs> square i wanted this how about per cubic foot it's a huge patch cable <laughs> uh, yeah. we're not making rugs out yes of we're, <laughs> <laughs> no but in fact these things would get lost in a normal rug that is how small and flat they are ladies and gentlemen uh and for real these things are fantastic. I just bought a whole bunch for my board. Um, I know Jared's got some. Uh, we were th- so impressed when uh, they were sent to us. And um, I, no, they're very cool. Very cool. Definitely cool. Recent cable. guest as well. I think uh, I, uh, I should know the number of that. I think it's 181. But don't, you know, you go find that and uh, they'll tell you all about it. Super well made, super flat, the diameter of a, of a jack, of the guitar jack. That's a very, very small footprint. So if you if you like your top mount uh, pedals, you're in luck because those are going to work really well there. Uh, you can go to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash the guitar knobs and get 10% off your entire order. That is pretty sweet. And they arrive like in like lightning fast. I couldn't believe how fast it came from Canada. So... Yeah, and you know what really impresses me? What? I like the fact that they are human tested, and the person that tests the cable signs the card that is on the cable. So you know that someone actually tried this thing out. It just didn't come out of a massive box of somewhere and thrown into someone else's box. That I is like correct. It. And and, and it's, a, uh, it's their own design, too. They didn't just go, hey, we're going to put our name on something else. And no, they cool. really worked hard on these and it shows these are outstanding cables. Everybody get over to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash the guitar knobs, get your 10% and, and be super stoked on your pedal board with that. Mr. Philippe Herndon, what is your four on the floor? Guys, there's, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's been funny because, uh, God. I think most builders uh, are kind of hoarders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it's, it's grotesque. I, I've, I was laughing about this with Chris Benson of Benson Amplifiers. I, uh, I said, do you ever feel like some kind of like just greedy dragon hoarding <laughs> all your treasures inside of Tone Mountain? You know, I'm just, I'm just lying around and I'm like, Oh, that's a vintage BK Butler tube driver. Yeah. You know, like I just, I tripped over that, you know, (laughs) it's just like, like it's just, it's out of control. And especially among friends, like, I mean, I think peak, peak hoarding in our industry is probably Josh Scott at JHS. Yeah. uh, Followed shortly, closely behind by, 
Jamie Stillman at Earthquaker and maybe Brian Wampler too. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm pretty bad. Um, and so there's so many newer boutiques that I love, but I decided I wanted to talk kind of the history of what kind of I love and what motivates me to this day. And uh, so my first one on the four on the floor. So I'm going to set the stage real quick. It's like 1997, 98. And I was using one of those uh, rack mount kind of things that did a lot of stuff. And it uh, all of a sudden a symbol fell on a MIDI cable and I couldn't get to do anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was like, oh boy, you know, I I guess I choose one preset and that's what we're on all night. Um, (laughs) It's going to be that kind of show. And I was like, okay, we're never having this happen again. So I trade a, some rat gear, a power amp, a cabinet, a bunch of stuff for an amp. And I'm like, I need a pedal. And I suddenly go through a whole bunch over the next four months because I miss what I was having from what I had before. And then I find what I wanted because I'd read that Kurt Cobain used this on In Utero, and I was like, I love In Utero. I love the way <laughs> Frances Farmer will have her revenge on Seattle sounds, just like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And I read what he'd used, and I bought one, and it was a Sansamp original. Yep. Uh, the Tech 21 Sansamp original. And what I loved was, back then, I think it's like, what you have available to you, there isn't the cornucopia that you had now. Um, so it's like everywhere you go, you can maybe get a tube screamer or an SD one or maybe a DS one or a rat or uh, a big muff. And they all have their shortcomings, but the sans amp, you put that in front of a twin. I mean, you put it in front of the cleanest amp in the world and it's almost like the feeling I, the only way I could replicate this feeling is I remember when I played Madden 2007 (laughs) and I had Reggie Bush, rookie Reggie Bush as my running back. And whenever you're in trouble, you could just mash down on that X button and get Reggie Bush through the hole. And it was just like, oh, when I'm in trouble, it was like when I had the Sans amp, it was like, you know what? I have enough gain. I have enough power. I have enough compression. And I think it's one of like, it's, it's, I think of it as the ancestor of the amp in the box pedal. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just wonderful. That thing, uh, that thing is just great. And it had like the eight dip switches. So you could dial things in exactly as you want. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just really versatile thing. I used mine for God. I counted on that thing for a decade. Easy. Mm. It was great. Um, Really good stuff. That's that's a uh, that's that I had a, an original uh, pedal too, and that, yeah, for its time, there was there were so many sounds that you could get out of that, and uh, what was it uh, was it Renan Cuff that had uh, a similar pedal that it was yeah. inspired, and uh, it, they I think they used two sets of of, uh, of of dip switches. So there's like 16 switches that you can mess around with. Yeah, but, it's like um, hundreds of thousands, literally hundreds, of, maybe even millions. I think his son figured out there's like a, a couple million combinations of what you can One billion play. combinations. It, it was crazy. <laughs> but no, but but the original Sansamp was, I mean, that, yeah, those are, and we've talked about this before. I mean, even some of their DI pedals and things like that, 
they were just like built like tanks and um and they sounded good and still sound good yeah cool what do you got for number two number two um so this was like something transformative for how i play guitar and i remember first time i bought it i fell in love with it at a store brought it home started playing was obsessed with playing through the thing and usually at practice and my bandmates turned to me and said maybe we need you to not bring that back because we feel it's making your guitar playing worse <laughs> and i was like oh god you know and i was about to stop using it there i am clicking with a pickup selector uh, uh, I'm yeah sorry. <laughs> i'll stop it's terrible <laughs> Oh, it's just a habit. I'm like Richie. Richie Blackmore does that too. Apparently, do you have like a um, pair of oven mitts or something you can put on? I'm just gonna maybe just put a. I'm gonna come have my kids come here and put some chewing gum on it. I don't want to touch it. Um, but the the pedal that uh, really changed the way I played once I figured out how to use it was the Electro Harmonix Deluxe Memory Man. Yeah, that's and, another great one. Yeah, yeah. And it just, uh, it was like a eye-opening thing into how, I think a lot of players, when they first start getting into effects, try to just play what they do and expect the effect to ride along with them. And there's an art to playing with effects where you're interacting with a device and letting it affect how you play as well as what you do to the thing, you know? Yeah. That's a good um, point. Like a lot of people just sort of bully through and, uh, you know, when I first was trying to do that with the memory man, it was just bad. But then you're like, wait, this is what this thing does. This is what the repeats do. This is what the vibrato does. This is how the feedback works on this thing. This is how the, you know, the preamp on the thing works. And it creates a cool pushback with you that I think kind of, learns to take you out of yourself a little bit. Yeah. I th- that's a really good point because I think um, if, if you aren't mindful of that and you just turn something on, you, you really do have to figure out how to, you know, sort of dance with that pedal, not just have it on, you know? Yeah. You're going to get an effect, but it's up to you to make that effect yours, to make it, to make it work with you, not just for you. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think I think that's especially important, especially with uh, you know digital or analog or digital delays. I mean, there is a certain you know th- there is the dance and the and the you know if you want to play along with the delayed signal and that sort of thing and keep things going. So that it it, it does take some practice, and I and I think it's you know the end results can be pretty spectacular if you put the time in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even just letting the thing. I was laughing about this when we were doing megabyte development. Um, but even on, on a pedal without tap tempo, you can get this, but I just remember laughing. We were dialing up dotted eights. <laughs> it cracks me up because I'm like, wait, is this what players do? Is it, do they just hit like one note and it goes like that? <laughs> like, you know, that's really what they do. Like, you know, even like to me, I'm like, Oh, I, I thought you'd play dotted eights and then have the echoes set to quarters or something. And then it would overlay kind of double with you, mm-hmm. you know, like, but your strum pattern would be the dotted eights, but they're like, no, no, no. What these guys do is this. And you're like, 
Really? Really? <laughs> That's what they do. Like they, they just like ping, ping, <laughs> ping, ping. And, 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 and the, the device does the rest, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but then it's like you come to, to realize like part of the majesty of learning how to use these things is to let the tools help you. Right. Um, I mean, same goes for compressors. I mean, you try to play chicken picking parts without a compressor. You, you kind of sound like Rocky Balboa when he's punching the slabs <laughs> of meat, you know? Yeah. You know, at, at best, you might sound kind of like the guitar player for cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's just going to sound like you're muting it. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden you like get a compressor and you're like, they set it to squish and you're like, well, what is this thing doing? And then all of a sudden you sound so clean and even. Yeah. <laughs> like, How about that? Oh, it's like, it's like you're, it's like country music is like an ice rink and you're trying to skate with like those shoes that look like tennis rackets. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I brought out my snowshoes for the ice rink. Uh-huh. <laughs> not really, yeah. not really the tool for this, but if you skate, you might actually go pretty well. Yeah. Um, so the, that's the, um, the memory man is sort of an introduction to like that thinking about these things outside yourself. And um, the third one that is really kind of important to me, I'm just going to put my Stratocaster away. So I don't play with that thing. You know? <laughs> it's like, a, can't resist. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, God. And it's a Stratocaster Todd's yeah. favorite. I, I, I brought it just for you, Todd. <laughs> just for you. It's like the, it's like the, they give the kids like the offer of like, you can eat this marshmallow now, or if you wait five minutes, you get two marshmallows. Yeah. I would have totally <laughs> been that kid. I would have been that kid who'd eaten the marshmallow before they even yeah. get to the word butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Wait, wait, no, we have to tell. Oh, he's eating the art mar- <laughs> Eat the marshmallow already. Um, so third pedal, in my opinion, like game-changing modulation device for me in my life is the old ADA flanger. Ooh, yes. I actually just yeah. saw one of those for sale at uh, Music Go Round, which is Get a it. local place down here. I mean, if it's still available. I, I mean, I, I saw it for a second, and I was like off to do something else, but if it is, I'm going to grab it. It's just so good. Unless I grab it first. I it, This... <laughs> Have, have either of you guys played through one of those? I have not. It's been I, on the four on the floor, though. Yeah, and that one, I, I do remember. I mean, gosh, I, I can't. I know I've used flangers before. I don't know if I play, I've played that actual product, though. It's so good because it's like, I just remember the first time I played it, it was in a studio in Blacksburg, Virginia, and the guy had one. He's like, you need to play this. And I was like, flanger? I'm not trying to play Bark at the Moon here, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, I'm not trying to be Jimi Hendrix or nothing, you know? Right. And, uh, but I played it and I just was like, whoa, the sound, it's not the sound fidelity, it's the sound quality. Right. It's so good. Like, it's like, oh, and it's not like that hi-fi sound quality, it's more just like, oh, that's, that's pleasant, you know? Yeah. And it's just really... And, and, and much the same way the memory man can be where you're like, Oh, like I can, I can lose myself in this, mm-hmm. but it's more, it's, it's more subtle than you might even think it is. There's you a know? sonic quality to it. That is it, once in, once in a while you run across a pedal that has that extra, you know, 
ghost in the machine that you're like, wait a minute, this isn't just the effect. There's something else. Yes. The, the ADA is very much that way in the same way. Like even an echoplex is in my opinion. Cause like, I remember just trying to explain it even. And I was like, I, I got one again cause I missed it so much. And I brought it back to the shop and my coworker Ben is there. And I'm like, Hey Ben, you need to play through that ADA flanger. And he's just like, whatever. You know, and I'm like, no, you nearly need to. And all of a sudden I hear him plug into it and he turns it on. He plugs in, turns on the amp. It's clean. And then he turns the bypass on and he plays two notes and he just goes, Whoa. It's like I know, right? It's the sound quality. Wild. Is so good. What do you think and those like, things are worth? Uh, a couple hundred for. I mean, the the '90s reissues are exactly the same as the uh, as the '70s version. It's okay. literally the same thing. They, they change chips maybe a little later in it, but I mean, I got mine. I got mine again for like under two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a couple of years ago, so maybe two fifty. Um, but like, it was just so good. And it does like a cool coursey kind of thing. Mm. And it, and it, you kind of can control how much of that metallic flanginess is to the thing. And then I think it really affected me in that, how I think about design. Cause like the first three quarters of every knob is like really useful. And then the crazy stuff is towards the end, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like there's all this stuff that's actually in ways more subtle than you might first think, you know, because, I mean, it's actually not that difficult to make stuff that's just like really noisy and wowy and like, whoa, look at me, you know, like kind of (laughs) that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like that kind of, but the ADA, it's like, have I been hearing this on every cure record ever you know, <laughs> ah. is my thought, you know, like, like, is this what they're using on all that stuff? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. or like you hear it and you're like, is this what's on this song? Cause it's like the chorus is like different than some choruses and the flanging is really rich. And now I can, now I can think of that as fascination street. Very much that oh. very, a lot of the stuff on like um, on disintegration mm-hmm. and kiss me, kiss me, kiss me is sounds very much like that. It, they might not have even been using it, but when you plug it in, you're like, and you turn everything to 12 and start from there. You're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like this is all over that stuff. Yeah. You know, wild. Uh, that's great. It's kind of a deterrent having some of these old pedals with the, with the actual like um, power, you know, the giant power cord coming out the back rather than a nine volt. Yeah. I mean, it can be because mm-hmm. like I prefer the power out the back versus it running off of a 24, 24 volt adapter though. You know, it has yeah. like the, the wart, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you know? Um, so it's not something that I would, I might leave on my board all the time. Yeah. But great for a, studio. I imagine unbelievable be- for studio. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. All right. What's, yeah. what's number four? Or you build some obnoxious giant Eric Johnson board where like the pedals are, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah. they're kind of stranded all, like across the valley and your ADA is on like a, on a road case over there. <laughs> um, so my fourth is the first boutique pedal I think I ever really owned. Um, 
my wife bought it for me as a gift and it kind of led me down this crazy road. And it is a 3MS or now known as 4MS Tremulous Loon. Ooh. And hmm. uh, the, I remember hearing a podcast with you guys with Brian Hamilton where he talked about, oh, yeah. from Small Sound, Big Sound, he talked about the oh. 4MS sa- uh, Noise Swash. Yes. And uh, my wife discovered 3MS while Google searching and she fell kind of in love with it. They were called 3MS before they were 4MS. <laughs> and they got they got sued or they got a cease and desist for 3M, like the post-it notes. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were 3MS and they had to change to 4MS. And back when they were 4MS, or so back when they were 3MS, they did, a, they did a bunch of pedals that were hand-painted and built in junction boxes like what you'd get from Lowe's yes and stuff was crazy this no this was just it was wacky and it was hilarious because each of them was signed by the builder who makes it which we've adopted and then a bunch of other boutiques have adopted I think 3ms and 4ms were more influential than they were popular you know because then they kind of people bought stuff to to have, but also to tinker with because they put a lot of stuff on their website. Like here's how you can mod it. Here's how you can add an extra LFO to it. Here's how you can change the clipping on this, you know? Mm. And, um, stuff was all over the place. And this thing was like, you opened it up and it was like spaghetti and the circuit board was cardboard, like literal cardboard with the components like jammed through it (laughs) and then soldered (laughs) <laughs> and or, or physically tied together on the other side, like resistor leads, like tied together. And when it worked, it was magical, but literally I would have moments of like, it would rain outside and we'd be doing an outdoor gig and the cardboard would get saturated and it wouldn't work. Like That's it was hilarious. that nice. Yeah. But the 4MS Tremulous Loon or 3MS Tremulous Loon, I think it was like a big part of, what it, I think I spent so much time repairing and modding and tweaking and learning on that thing that I think it kind of lit the fire for me and some other people in our industry, you know? Yeah. I, I think there's other stuff like that, but it's, yeah, it's a trip. the, the four M the four MS stuff, at least the most recent stuff I, I just did a quick, uh, quick check on. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of uh, buttons and stuff. Yeah. They, another friend of mine had their like infinity phase, or the phaser fleur. And I was like, wow, like it, it just seemed so bonkers. You know, this was, you know, around the same time ZVEX was doing stuff, but it was like, good Lord, look at this thing, you know? Yeah. But it's just cool stuff. But I think those four, I think are really, I think the ones that personally affect me in terms of like what I expect an effect pedal to do, you know? Yeah. And how we interact with them, you know? And just how I try to think of these things a little differently than I might have when I was just a player, you know? Yeah. That was a heck of a four on the floor. I am. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's almost our whole show right there. That's pretty oh, fantastic. That's that's yabba, yabba, yabba. No, sorry. it's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> what I want to do real quick is just do a big shout out to John Finnell, uh, John Finnell.com, uh, recording engineer, producer, and, uh, and, uh, mastering, master of mastering audio mastering and uh 
He's uh, we're, I'm currently at the Relay Recording Studio where John Finnell is proprietor of, and uh, he's he's been very gracious to us and uh, <laughs> providing us a, a space. Thanks, John. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he uh, is one heck of a guitar tone capturer slash manufacturer. So uh, he's done an excellent job for me personally and uh, for many, many others. And uh, if you are interested in finding out more about how to get your better tone, record your tone, uh, then you can give him a holler. JohnFinnell.com and RelayRecording.com. So thanks, John. All right. Philippe Hernan, Caroline Guitar Company. We want to find out a few things about you beyond your four on the floor. Uh <laughs> Which is, which, I mean, honestly, I was just, I was, you know, sitting the little kid in front of the fire listening to Christmas stories right there. It was great. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we're going to hit you with a couple like easy, easy ones. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Jared, do you want to, do you want to throw him a softball? Like what, what's your go-to guitar? Like what's your, is it the Stratocaster or what's, what's been your go-to guitar forever? Uh, this white Stratocaster that my dad and I put together in 1991 from parts. It has like an 83 USA neck and a 91 Japanese body. Nice. And it's had, gosh, it had four or five different sets of pickups in it. <laughs> like it sure. You know, it's just. Well, let's make it six. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think because it wasn't a collectible, um, because it wasn't a collectible, I uh, I felt free to mess with it. Sure. You know, it has scallops from twelve to twenty-one. Wow. Um, and it has six thousand frets on it now. Not six thousand <laughs> number. It's not a microtonal <laughs> instrument, right? <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not it's playing like alien frequencies. Yeah. Yeah, you know, at that point, at that point, would it even really have frets? Um, uh, It's just one one metal slab at that point, right? Um, No, it has the six thousand size fret, so it's like the P base fret on the thing, and um, and I think, but it's it's kind of funny because it has a the Japanese body is mahogany, and it's so it's kind of heavy. It's like eight and a half, eight maybe almost nine pounds. Uh, or it's eight pounds, 14 ounces. That's right. I remember weighing it once when I was bored and I needed content for Instagram. Like here, I'm going to weigh all my guitars. <laughs> That's like, pretty I smart. A, I just got a postal scale. Check this out. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, here you go, folks. Um, content. Uh, but yeah. And I think the, the funny experience when you, when we talk about pickups is so I was living in Richmond and I, it, I was frustrated, and then a friend told me to go see Lindy Fraylin. Lindy Fraylin grabbed the guitar, and he went, this is not a Stratocaster, Philippe. This is a mm-hmm. Les Paul Jr. in the shape of a Stratocaster. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he's like, here, I'm going to try two sets of pickups with you. Here, try this steel pole. And I was like, okay. So I play a guitar with steel poles, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what I wanted. And then he goes, okay, try the blue specials. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, what do you think? And I'm going to try it. And I'm like, let's just go back to the steel poles. Let's not even look anymore. Right. So, but I think that guitar, the thing I like about it is it's like, it's kind of hot, but not super hot. And as a result, I think that affects, I think it affects some things with testing. 
you know, like mm. when I test pedals out, I'm like, okay, well, how I play is I have kind of a medium heavy rhythm hand and I played like this as a single note player and all this. And then we have, you know, other players. I'm like, okay, I know what I like out of this thing. But then the trick is then round up 10 other players who play differently than I do mm. because these things aren't made just for me. You know, right. it's, it's sort of like, well, what can they tell me that, that, um, what can they tell me that will open my mind up to this as opposed to me just seeing the forest for the trees, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and I, smart. Imagine, and I imagine as a, as a pickup winder, you must run into this a lot too, where there's like, you have your own attack, you know, and your own instruments. And then it's almost like you have to remember how you relatively, what, what kind of alternating current you're going to generate through a, through a PAF or something or a P90 versus like what some young Billy Joe Armstrong type is going to do or what some guy yeah. who might play ambiently might do, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, communication with the buyer is, is, you know, that's the number one thing you have to do. You have to just know what they want, you know? Mm. So. Can, cool. can we go back to the scalloped frets? Is that something that you started playing uh, with scallops, or is it something that you adapted that guitar to? You know, there was these shred guys. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and there are these shred guys. This was when, like, Pantera was still, like, a local band. <laughs> you know, and they were, like, kind of glammy. Like, and this is when, like, like I think it, I was in Dallas when like Andy Timmons first got signed to that band Danger Danger, which is like an eighties oh, wow. like thing, like you know, yeah. And uh, but there are these shred guys who would scallop, but only from like twelve up, right? And I was like, me being an impressionable high school kid, I was like, okay, sure, let's try it, and. What I found out was more interested in it was like when I first got it, I was like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. But um, when I went to college, there's a really good guitar player I knew who was really kind of more like, you know, more, more blues based guy uh, and not in a not in a Stevie Ray kind of way, but more like Howlin' Wolf guy or like into Muddy Waters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Albert King. And he loved it because it's like, man, you can dig in when you do vibrato. And I was watching how he played vibrato. I was like, oh, that's what you can do with this. You know, you can like, because you don't get any string friction on your, like, I, you, you wouldn't want, in my opinion, I, I, it, it makes no sense to have it for cording. Right. You know, Absolutely it feels awful. Like you're playing a sitar or something. Right. But we're like, up there like because it's a gradual scallop that's also mainly only on the unwound strings um mm-hmm. so you like you bend you do half step or whole step or a whole step and a half bends and it it's actually weirdly easy well the more pressure you apply on the string you know it's gonna bend anyway from yeah you know from just applying a lot of pressure if you have scallop yeah and you're not running into the fretboard at all, so like you can kind of dig under. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but like if you grabbed it, you'd be like, oh, you know. But it's also funny because I don't do that with any of my other guitars because I'm like my other guitars might have value. <laughs> 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 you know, like I'm not going to do that to my old SG or something. I'm like I'll just deal. But 
Um, huh. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. I think like I have, we were joking about dragon living on tone mountain and stuff. I like, I recently acquired a 76 deluxe uh, or Telecaster custom, like the Keith, Keith Richards looking thing. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the wide range in front and the single and back. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's a blast, you know, just a cool as hell instrument. So it, totally, totally different personality than my, than what I normally normally like. Cause it like has the wide range in front, but, but the, but the single coil on the back is your classic seventies, wimpy seventies single coil. Mm, not good. You know, like it's like a 5.8, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and it's like staggered as well. I'm like, Oh great. You got this big honking G string. It's like, bang, 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 you know, because <laughs> the pull piece is like, you know, the pull piece is like the tall kid in fifth grade. Like right. everyone else is like short and there's this Jeep pull piece that's giant. Yeah. But, but what's kind of cool with that guitar is, so the bridge position by itself was kind of worthless, but that five, eight, three with the big wide range, like the middle position is pretty cool because mm-hmm. they're so different. Like it's like really wide. So, yeah. you know, it, it's like, the stuff I would do on my Strat, I would never play on the Deluxe. And the stuff I do on the Deluxe, I'd never play on my SG or whatever. You know, hmm. like, like I, I'm, I'm now appreciating how like different and weird they are. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of speaking of playing, what what from a stylistic standpoint, did you have somebody that um, uh, that you essentially? got your great inspiration of playing guitar like is there anybody that you modeled yourself after or are still trying to i mean i think we're all trying to play like gilmore or or some point for people my generation but also like i grew up around the hair rock kids and you know that was everyone tried to play like van halen a little and um i don't know there's there's one album between the playing and the tones that i'm i think i'm going to be chasing forever and that album is called Din of Ecstasy. It is by a musician who passed away named Chris Whitley. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He played like a lot of national dobro stuff. And then he'd play like weird guitars, like Melody Bakers with weird pickups and stuff. Yeah. No, that's, Din, yeah. I, Din of Ecstasy. Yeah. And like the first song on there uh is called narcotic prayer and the guitar tone like i i crank it and i listen to that guitar tone and i'm like this doesn't seem possible do you does that ever happen to you guys where you're hearing it and you're like this tone yeah it doesn't uh, there, make there's sense there's a couple that i've heard like that yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah like it's like too defined to be like a bridge pickup but it's too round to be a neck pickup and it's too it's not clucky to be a middle pickup, you know. It's like that doesn't right. make sense, and it's too distorted and compressed to be clean, but it's too clear to be a fuzz, and, <laughs> and the tuning right. is weird. So it's not in standard tuning either. And I'm just like, like, like I listen to that album, and I'm like, God, it's just, it's just, it's like I'll, I'll chase that forever with pedals, with gear with guitars, with amps or whatever. I, I just sort of feel like, and, and I don't even know if I want to chase it. It'd be like the dog catching the car and then the dog doesn't know what to do once it catches the car, <laughs> you know, like I kind of don't, desire, I don't you know? yeah. yeah. 
Like, do you want to catch it or do you not? You know, (laughs) the journey is the reward. (laughs) And and would it, would, would figuring it out like a magic trick, like make it less magical to you? You know, like if all of a sudden, like I was like in Whitley's, I met, uh, cause it wasn't land. Why it was somebody serious who did that album. Um, I'll figure it out, but it was some serious engineer. And if that engineer, and it was Josh freeze playing drums. And, and if, if somebody told me like, Oh, he just ran a JCM 800 and these two cabinets <laughs> and a 50, 50 foot coily cable and a middle pickup on a old recording. Less, you know, like if, if they, if I knew, I, I don't know if I'd really even want to know, you know? Yeah, I think you know that 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 you you raise a good point because sometimes seeing behind the curtain is uh, is is disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a uh, video that I saw on Instagram that I shared with several players and friends that uh, it's a uh, Magic Sam is a blues old blues players and he's playing this song called Magic Sam's Boogie and. I, that's one of those tones where I was like, wait a minute. Now, granted, whatever captured it probably had as much to do with the way I'm hearing it as the equipment that is being used to play it because it's, it's old, you know, it's like 60s, uh, early 60s stuff. But it's one of those sounds that if you, if when you get one of those things in your head and you're like, okay, now somehow I have to figure out how to make that sound. Because it it just gets in you, yeah. And I'm not a blues guy, but I was just like, okay, if I could if I could sound like that sounds now, but with my kind of music, oh my gosh! Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, now we got another, maybe one more softball, and then we I, I do want to ask. We do want to talk about your pedals and and, and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Um, well, how about we don't? We don't like my pedals. They just sort of exist, you know. I, I love talking like this stuff, like it, like a little a, a little example of another one that I'm for. So, like, yes, I I remember I went to a local band show. This is and or not local. There was a touring band, a guy from Charleston who tours around a lot, and he was doing solo shows. His name's Nathan Hussey. He plays in a band called All Get Out. Great band, but he was doing solo shows. And he had this guy, Dave Ellis, playing guitar for him. And I go to see the show, Packed House, this great show. And Dave has this guitar sound that is so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to find out what he's using, right? And I'm excited to, I'm excited for the end of the show for me to be able to walk up, walk up by the side of the stage and look at the board, look at the amp. It's yeah, yeah. Because he's got like a telly, he's got like a, like a thin line telly, looks like a reissue, you know, with wide ranges in it. And, got some amp i can't tell is old and he has pedals but he just sounds just like the hammer of the gods he's hitting chords chords, (laughs) right right is everything he's hitting is just like whoop you know and uh show ends and i sneak around and you can kind of get to the stage from the side peeking around i'm peeking to look at his board and he catches me as he's tearing down he's like fleep what's up How's it going? I'm like oh great great man it's sounding great he's like dude i used your pedal all night uh, points like one of our pedals <laughs> and i was like mad at myself like i was like mad like oh of course you like that 
You know, yeah. like, like, oh, of course, I like smoking my own stash. Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know who makes the best salsa? Me. Me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I felt like that Aziz Ansari skit about how he went to Kanye's house and Kanye was getting down to his own beats. Like, yeah. mm, look at this. Mm, this is this slaps. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah of course, yeah. I would think that sounds good. I'm, <laughs> and I was like, I was like legit self-loathing for like a good solid couple days about that. Because I was like, man, I was so excited to like hear some, to figure out what this cool thing was. And then when I discovered like, I had some part in it because, of course, I mean, there's the player and there's the like he had a cool old amp, an old Ampeg Gemini with a 15 in it, you know, oh, he's yeah. got board and, like there's a bunch going on. He's got cables and what he's playing content, all that stuff. Right. But the part that I was intrigued to find out when I discovered like I had that that was my work was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> well i i disagree i think you should have been proud i mean if if he got if the, if he was able to get a sound that you liked as a creator of the pedal i think you should be proud yeah that's true i, I guess I, I was i was happy for him that he liked it exactly i was exactly. happy for him that he liked it and he had a good show and i contributed a tool to it that he used it that's you know but there's part of me that's just like <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like laughing it'd be like i feel like larry david he's like laughing about some old snl skit that he thought was the funniest thing ever and they're like yeah larry you wrote that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. he's like no no i didn't write that no no that that had to have been al franken no that was you larry right <laughs> al franken <laughs> it's like really oh man if you have something new you want to talk about something new that you got coming up um, well, uh, there's, there's, there's stuff in the works, but it's like, it's all in the editing stage and it, it could get to that point where I just edit it to where I hate it. And okay. then it's like, I mean, well, I'll, I'll give an example. We'll talk about like one of the pedals I, I sent to you guys. So like, uh, so there's the somersault that's on the, the, the pedal train that I sent you. Guys. Yes. And on that right, pedal right. train is the Meteor. The yes. kilobyte, the somersault, the parabola, and the Hawaiian pizza. Just so yeah, everybody yeah. knows. Oh, it, was, it was. I had some debate because I was like, "Oh, I could send some stuff," you know. Yeah. Well, there's there's these five. I think we'll we'll be cool with that. Yeah. Um. So like, um. So it's somersault. Here's a funny story about that. So somersault, I spent like six months working on, and I could not get it right where I liked it. Right. And uh, then we're like, screw this. This isn't working. We'll ditch that. And we started making, um, we started making the parabola instead. Mm -hmm. Right. We're like, we have to put out something. We have to put out a modulation device. Let's do the parabola. Okay. And so we get the tremolo and we feel pretty good. And we knock that out in a couple months. And I feel Great good. We pedal. Thank you. Yeah, it was like, and it was like that was something I'd always wanted to do, and I did it. And then um, the next year, we spent all year trying to get Megabyte right, which is the tap tempo version of Kilobyte, but a little different. Mm-hmm. And Kilobyte, I was like, "How? We're not going to get this ready in time for Nam, 
like we had Nam booked and Nam is like all Nam is is basically until you go, well, even after you go, but in the months leading up to it, all it is is sort of like this Zarlac pit in the middle of Tatooine that you're just pouring <laughs> money into. Yeah. You know? Like you're just like, oh Java need more money. You know. And I'm like, oh my God, we're we spent all year working on Megabyte. We're not gonna have it ready for NAM. Like this is like because the only thing the only way NAM gets justified is if I sell a bunch of megabytes at NAM. And then I'm able to say, well, we threw a bunch of money into the Zarlike pit, but there's the Zarlike is gonna vomit money back at us <laughs> over the course of the year. Um, in the form of buying these things that we made for the Zarlike pit in January, right? So I'm panicking because Megabyte is not coming along as we want. And then one day at breakfast, I turn to my wife and I say, I'd like you every day this week to ask me what I've done about the modulator. Oh. <laughs> she goes, okay. And she's looking at me like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like literally she's like, I'm just repeating words. Like what did you do about the modulator? So every day I come in and she's like, what did you do? I was like, well, we got the preamp right. She's like, okay. Next day she's like, what did you get right? I'm like, oh, we got this, the LFO working right. She's like, okay. And then she goes, all right, you got right. And I was like, we got to sync up with the chip right, with the delay chip. The next day she's like, what did you do about the modulator? It's like, we got the mix control right. And suddenly after a week, I'm like, holy hell. <laughs> you just needed a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. <laughs> we, we're done like this this sounds good it measures good it looks good on the scopes and i i called john snyder from electronic audio experience who collaborated Drink. with us on a lot of stuff great guy <laughs> and i'm like uh i hate to tell you this he's like yeah it's like i think i got the modulator right i think i got somersault right you think we could build a board of this and have it ready for man. He's like, you're kidding. I'm like, no, I, I, can we do this? And he's like, yeah, I think we can. And then we get it. And he's like, this is good. I'm like, yeah, no, it's good. And literally <laughs> it was done like, like that. Wow. <laughs> and then like two weeks before Nam, all of a sudden John calls me and the guy who's working, Scott McCombs is working on our coding. It's like, Oh, I think we figured out the stuff with megabytes. So we'll have that ready for Nam too. Wow. (laughs) It's like, oh, like just that panic of like having to do something. And then all of a sudden you do it, you know? But like the reason it's tough for me to say what we have coming next is literally there's a lot of stuff that is like somersault where I'm like, well, this is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, and then all of a sudden now it's like somersault is like, I got to say, it might be my favorite pedal. Because it's like I, when I hear it, I'm like, "Oh, all it all it really needed was that kind of like really devoted attention." Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, now, I, I have a question. What did you do today about the modulator? Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> now, if you ask me what I'm doing about like a, a certain buzz or something, I'll be like, "Oh, that thing." I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so disgusted. I don't even want to point. What fuzz? What fuzz? That thing is dead to me. Well, <laughs> speaking of dead to me, um, th- that's not really a segue at all. All I'm going to say is, <laughs> all I'm going to say is that um, 
I was most surprised by Hawaiian pizza. Oh, thank you. That rocked my basement to death. I like, like Hawaiian. I, I was like, I got to get to these other pedals, but that means I got to stop playing this. How, how am I going to do that? So anyways, I really appreciate the, the love and care and ingenuity and genius that you put into your pedals, Philippe. Um, they are, uh, you know, as renowned as they are for a reason. And, uh, and, uh, we, we appreciate you sharing your time with us and, and talking about this, you know, for the last at least five minutes about <laughs> your pedals. But right. honestly, I'm with you. I, I love just talking gear with you. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed yeah, it. That was fun. Thanks, yep. man. I, I mean, it's just, it's like these things are really cool. Like I fall in love with, in and out of love with the whole gear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's okay to, you know, but at its core, it's like, we get to, we get to live in this timeline where we have to make this stuff, you know, (laughs) and it's pretty cool to be able to like make it and have, you know, people, I mean, I I, I think of the, the, you asked us about the stuff at the beginning and I'm like, the delight I take in something as simple as a gig bag, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, That's what the show's but, about, man. <laughs> but, but someone, yeah. but, but, but like there's some designer at Gator who's like, I made these decisions. Yeah. You know, that like, it's like, Oh, this guy did this and this person did this. And that actually, you know, like adds up to something that's like a genuine experience. To yeah. Somebody, he could have know? been the guy who said, I think we should have extra neck padding and, and, and nine of the other people said, that's stupid. Why would we do that? And he's like, no, I think we really need to. And he fought and fought and he almost got fired over it. And then he hears you say, this thing is awesome. It's got neck padding. He's like, boom. Yes. (laughs) Then he he runs out in the middle of the street and gets run over by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He does the Shawshank raise up to, you know, in the rain and his hands and everything. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh man! Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, he probably fought like someone in accounting who's like, "Yeah, you know what that's going to cost, cost the an bottom extra twenty five cents." Yeah, <laughs> that's the nice thing about us being boutiques. Like you guys, like Tony and Jared, know this too. It's like yeah. I don't have to ask anyone at, at the board, right? Like, like we, we did a we did a vegetarian pizza version of Hawaiian pizza, literally because <laughs> we had. I, I kid you not about this. We had like a, a dozen people who are like, I want a Hawaiian pizza, but I'm a vegetarian and I can't deal with that pig on your pizza. Wow. On your pedal. It, it makes me think of death. And at first I was like, this is the dumbest, most sensitive thing I've ever heard. True. And then I was like, wait a second. Wait, they love the pedal. There's just something graphic about this aesthetic that they don't care for. They've, not said it in a jerk way to me. They've just said it politely. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, love your pedals. Just wish it didn't have the pig on it. You know, cause kind of not really down with animal cruelty or animals dying so I could live. And I'm like, all right, wait a second. I don't need to ask anyone permission. I can order a batch of pedals called vegetarian pizza and we can tweak the circuit a little bit. We can make a bunch of those and we'll see if they sell. And if they don't big deal, like, whoopity whoop 
Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, it's like, it's like, think of how many ideas, like even a successful company, Google, like think about Google Hangouts. Google, yeah. <laughs> you know? 90% of Google products don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. That's, and that's like yeah. what, the most successful company in the world. You know I mean? It's just, and I'm like, oh, well, if I do, if I do this and it doesn't work, that doesn't work. But whatever, we'll make vegetarian pizza. And we made them, people liked them, and it's cool. Nice. And I was like, all I had to do was this, and it made some people happy, and people bought pedals, and people had a hang-up about something or yeah. were uncomfortable about something had that resolved. Well, and, and, and as a result, some new different sounds were made that may not have been. Sure. That's I mean, cool. Think, I mean, think about like what, the first person to go to Ford and say, hey, that's a cool pickup truck, but I really wish it had a back seat <laughs> so I could put my kids in the truck because right now it's just front and you can't have kids all just in the front seat. It's just not safe. And only seats three. And, you know, if, if we had something like a, a cab, an extended cab in the back seat, I, I then don't have to drive my family car. I can drive the truck and then take the truck to work. Like if Ford was run like a, boutique pedal company <laughs> you can totally picture the engineer for like ah! I'll totally ruin the pickup <laughs> doesn't understand well you could have bought you could have bought different color model t's back in the day yeah that would have yeah. been interesting <laughs> yeah. there was one orange one that came out <laughs> yeah. speaking of one orange one jared Let's let's segue uh, into some happy fun times. Some more happy yeah. fun times. I am ready for uh, it. And Philippe, this one I, I I did craft this one. Number one, out of a out of a real live ish situation, but also because I think you might actually really appreciate this. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen, it's come time for the segment called "Would You Rather." All right. This week's Would You Rather. So you're walking down the street (laughs) on the way to your gig, and you forgot your contact lenses at home. You only have your dark prescription sunglasses, Todd. Yep. You find yourself on stage, and it's a pretty dark gig, right? It's not lighty at all. There's no brightness. So how do you navigate your pedal board? Eh, would you rather have all black petals dimly lit but multicolor LEDs to signify which is which or all white petals but with all blindingly bright white LEDs? Ooh. <laughs> 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 uh, so... Yeah, I, I have a couple. I think we all probably have one or two pedals where you turn it on it, and if you look at it, it's like I think I, I, I think I just looked at the sun, and now I can't see anything. Nah. Um, I did show up to a gig, and I thought, uh, I I thought I had my. Anyways, I ended up having to wear my sunglasses uh, that were prescription, and it was super dark, and we were projecting film. I couldn't see anything. I, nothing. I couldn't see a thing. And somehow I got through the gig, but navigating the pedal board was an absolute nightmare, of course. So, uh, yeah, 
I won't be doing that again. But anyways, Tony? Well, I, I don't think it really matters because I'll just have my uh, my tech backstage <laughs> take care of everything. <laughs> you have Dallas, you have Dallas <laughs> under the stage. Yes. Dallas yep. under stage turning things off and on for you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I think, um, boy, you know, I'm guessing if the if the petals were all white, you would be able to at least see what they are. And While they're off, yeah. Yeah. And but here's the other part of it. If it's your pedal board, you kind of know where everything is anyhow, right? So it's pretty dark. <laughs> it's pretty dark. <laughs> and you got sunglasses on. Yeah. <laughs> I think think if if i if i had to choose between the two i would say that probably the different color leds would probably be the safer choice but that still doesn't eliminate you know any i mean if you can't see where the settings are on the pedals that that really wouldn't help either mm, it's difficult it's a, i i don't like either choice that's the beauty of a would you rather. It is. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the black pedals, multicolor LEDs. All right. And Jared the, the pedals are set right. Oh uh, yeah. So I I currently have about five pedals right now that I'm running. So it that's quite a bit to, you know, manage. I don't care if it's three. I mean, if it's super dark and you can't see, you're screwed, you know. Uh this was an easy one for me. I'm definitely going to go with the black and and uh, with the multicolored because you could, you know, color to effect is easier than just all white and then all the same lead, you know, LEDs. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. leads, LEDs, <laughs> LEDs. Leads. So yeah. okay, yeah, you know, I I definitely going to do the multicolor. That's that's the easier choice. Okay. Uh, how about you, Philippe? You know, I think I actually have had a situation almost exactly like this. Nice. Um, huh? Yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, I was playing in a Foo Fighters tribute band. And uh, we played in Wilmington, North Carolina. And it was outside after it had been raining all day. Ugh. And it was in the summer. And it was 95 degrees to 100 degrees and just ridiculous humidity where there's like Ugh. we were playing outdoors and there are puddles everywhere and it's just like you're just being like you're basically being steam cooked like a dumpling right <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and hang on jared might salivate on you be careful <laughs> yeah i was seriously they're gonna bring me out with with dim sum it was you know pieces of me there it was a mess and i'm just like sweating through everything and i realized i forgot my contacts I'm like, okay, I'm in my glasses. And now I'm sweating like the nerdy dude, like some bad teen sex comedy from the 80s. Like <laughs> my glasses are all fogged up and I can't see anything. And my baseball hat is all like dripping down my face. And I'm like drenched in my hands. I was sweating so much. You know how like you, if you put like a, a, a glass of water on a, ta on a wood table without a coaster and it puts like sweat marks into the table. Yeah. I was doing that to like my Nash. My Nash with like the thin uh, nitro finish was like yep. getting like cloudy. Wow. <laughs> I've never seen this happen before. And I'm just drenched and I can barely see through my glasses. I'm just like, <sighs> just a mess. Um, 
But I'm going to go with a contrary opinion to the other dudes. I think it helped me that the pedals were different colors. Um, just because then you're just sort of throwing your foot in a direction of a thing. Mm-hmm. And well, these pedals are all white with all white LEDs. Yeah. Oh, it's all white with all white LEDs versus different colored LEDs. Yes. Versus oh, black black pedals with different color LEDs or all white with the blazing like sun intensity LEDs, white LEDs. Okay. Okay, I retract my comment. <laughs> you go black you go black with a different color oh yeah you yeah. go black with different color ideas and basically at that point if you're like I, I just was like i'm i'm using this one distortion pedal all night that's what i'm gonna use you know like i'm gonna ride the volume control because <laughs> i cannot risk i cannot risk this being turned off and on right and me like missing and like slipping on all my sweat and wiping out like <laughs> like Chevy Chase's Gerald Ford yeah. SNL. <laughs> I'm just like I'm falling yeah, yeah, down all over all my yeah. Like it was it was so disgusting. At one point I took my baseball cap off and I kind of flung it, kind of wringed it out from sweat. And this poor girl who was like twenty five feet away from me as a photographer got hit by like the sweat that had collected yeah. in my hat. Oh. <laughs> and she just like I saw me do it, and she kind of like, like I just like, like hit her with a with a water <laughs> pistol, and I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just, you it, know, it, like I'm, I'm like cleaning my cleaning the dew off my glasses, so they keep fogging up. And I'm like, sorry, yeah. lady. You know, it's hard to rock and roll with glasses. I'm I'm with you on that. I give it up to Kirk Pengelly of NXS. That guy could rock the nerdy look. Yes, true. Like that was th- those. My glasses are kind of like his. Like I have like a six prescription, so they are thick. Yeah, you know. And like I basically was like, I'm in Pengeli mode. I'm just gonna act like I'm in NXS tonight. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, look, guys, I'm gonna make it unanimous. I'm going with the the um, uh, multicolor uh, LEDs as well. Um, at the particular show that I was at, I had to ditch the sunglasses because. I realized I was more liable to fall off the stage if I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, after mashing my teeth into my giant uh, Sure 55 mic at the time, because I literally I couldn't, I, I didn't know it was just right. And so I was like, okay, I can't, I got to dish the glasses. Now I can't see anything. Um, but I, I could generally make out roughly what my pedal board was doing. So, Anyways, it was an experience, but that's what I'm going with. And I, I would just ask that, like, hey, pedal builders, like, in, intensity on the LED. It's a sensitive mm-hmm. thing. We got eyeballs. If we can see it, you know, dial it down from the sun. Um, anyways, okay. I've been, I, I have to admit, I'm guilty. I've made some blinding blue leds sometimes <laughs> it's the white ones and the color ones if it's super bright it doesn't bother me as much as the white ones that are just like it's like i'm looking at polaris i'm like ah so yeah uh anyhow. i have to admit I, I stole something from catalan bread and jack deville mm-hmm. um mr black on this which yeah. was i befriended jack and i was like oh these things these are called fresnels and they're basically diffusers so that's what's on. Yeah, I saw a couple of these. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of helps. It's just as a design thing because it it puts 
it reduces the direct intensity and then widens the field. Yes. So you see it, you see your color a little better from the side. Yeah. Um, but it's not as intense head on. So. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a, like an amp jewel. Yeah. Except different. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Um, let's see. Tony Baloney. Uh, yeah. Philippe, we're going to thank a few people and then we're going to get out awesome. skis. Okay. Fantastic. Guys. All right. Thank you. Uh, Tony. All right, Todd. My gift to you today is to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> whatever he said <laughs> i'll go with what he said yeah. i'll have what he's having yeah uh, <laughs> all right tony so at this point of the show we do have to thank a special group of people these would be our executive producers and one might be asking oneself what is an executive producer and how can i become one I want you to go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple different levels in which you can participate and become a patron, a sponsor of this very podcast. Your great rewards are things like barefoot buttons and t-shirts and keychains and oh, all kinds of prizes and giveaways. Oh my goodness. The giveaways. Oh yeah. Got more coming check up. Them out. Check them out. But the thing about executive producers they get all that great stuff but jared what happens you get to have your name read on the thing and that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna read these names as quickly as humanly possible because this list is Keeps growing very, it's growing and that's great but it's a good thing i'm going to be mindful of how much time i take up so without further ado Thank you, thank you, thank you to Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Carney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterley, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Richard Kendall, Levi Main, Ty Harmon, and welcome aboard new executive producer, John Williams. All hey, right. Welcome, Tommy. John. Welcome, welcome. But wait, there's more oh, because okay. the next little step above the big executive step. producer. It's a big step. It's a, okay, it's a big step. But the greatness of being this level, the grand pooba level, is you get a fez to wear whilst listening to the podcast. And a guitar knobs pedal board flashlight from Copper Sound. I oh, yes. The, the, the gifts just keep on giving. And more. Let's thank these special grand poobas. Mr. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. Yes. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Christopher Marshall, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys. And we welcomed these two last week, but let's welcome them again. Our two newest ex uh, Grand Poobas, Zach Melton and Tim Nowak, who upgraded hey! from just a mere executive producer, now is a Fez wearing Grand Pooba. Listen thank to you, how thank excited you, thank those you. kids are, too. Those kids are really excited. We really need to. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got some fezzes. 
Awesome. Thank you so very much, all of you who are helping to participate in in our show and make it, uh, just help it to keep it going. Um, that's how we feel. It's awesome. Um, so, hey, everybody. Uh, Philip, where can people find you? Uh, we can be found on the internet. Uh, Caroline G. Co., on Twitter and Instagram and carolineguitar.com for the website and Caroline Guitar for the Facebook. Fantastic. And, uh, yep. Fantastic. Uh, and Tony Baloney, where can people find you? Go over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the stuff I have available there. But as I've said in the past, 90% of what I do is custom work. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. We can talk it over and come up with something great just for you. Awesome. Jared? I was just at Tony's Fun House today. He's got tons of plastic, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if anybody's looking for some pickups, you need them wound a certain way, um, you can't buy what you're looking, you know, what you want, uh, just get a hold of me. I'll see what I can do. Go to my website, brandonwompickups.com. And uh, or give me a call, give me an email, give me a message on Instagram or the Facebook, whatever, and uh, we'll see what we can do for you. Awesome! You can send me a DM on Instagram at Guitar Knobs or uh, shoot me an email, Todd at the Guitar We love to hear your stories, like uh, we were sent today. And uh, please send us your would you rather's. We'd love please. to read them because they're super fun. So. I will sing uh, it. Yeah. Hey, Philippe Hernan from Caroline Guitar Company, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Guys, it was a blast. It was a long time coming. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. It was was much, much fun, and I know that people are going to love this one. So uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, Everybody have a great guitar week, and subscribe! Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be pungent. (laughs) What? Yeah. It makes us glad we're not in the studio with you. Meteore. <laughs> he just said, <laughs> he said, hey, using potty, <laughs> be on soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Meteor. Yeah, but me. Jared's like, me. but with an A, I-E-R. Meteor. <laughs> you, you've, you've, you've ruined my train of thought. Ugh. <laughs> the parabole. A parabole. The somersault. Oh, that would have been punishing. <laughs> it's this topo gijo. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. You know. No. I don't know what his lineage is. A lineage. Lineage. Isn't that the story behind the story? No. Hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna use the bathroom for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to let everybody know I gotta use the the potty. All right, thanks. All right, Felipe. I use the potty. I like the potty. I don't think he's Italian. Well, he is now. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. 
Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.